Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, and this week I had the absolute pleasure of chatting with Allegra Edwards. She shares insights into her life as an actress, mother, wife, and sister. We specifically talk about her journey with landing the series regular Ingrid in the Amazon Prime series Upload, starting with her unique initial audition and highlighting the challenges and growth she experienced throughout the three seasons especially while maintaining positivity amid the uncertainties of the entertainment industry. We also get into having perspective, navigating imposter syndrome and insecurities, the importance of cultivating trust, advocating for oneself, and owning one's process. Enjoy. Allegra Edwards. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Wow, what a time. What a time. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good to have you in this space and it's see you. It's so in good this to see light. you. It's I I have such a crush on your hair. Oh. How many people every day talk to you about your hair? I I'm staring at it from here, thank just you. like oh, marvelous. I'm looking at it. I look like I've been electrocuted today. But if this is the vibe, thank you. Um, it's body, it's volume, it's luscious. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it feels currently like um, a bit of a shag monster. But um, so n- I guess to answer your initial question is not many people currently have been like, what is the situation? They're probably just like, oh, she needs to get under control. But if this yeah. is the vibe, then thank you. I think it is. I think Thank it is. You. I think more is more is more. Yeah. That's so, been an evolution. A hundred percent. Like if it could be a full, full mane and I could oof. be, yeah, I can get taller because of it. Yes. I live, yes. live. Um, for, sure. for anybody who does not know you, who are you today? My name is Ale- <laughs> I can't. My name is Allegra Edwards. And today I am an actress uh, who did an audition last night at 10 30 mm-hmm. um, and was really excited about it and trying to keep my expectations low mm-hmm. and my um, positivity high at the same time, which feels like a paradox. Mm-hmm. I am uh, in between jobs. I am a mom and a wife. Mm-hmm. And I am currently in a really good mood because I've had not one, not two, but three nights away from my son. Oh, and um, and that hasn't happened in months. Mm-hmm. So I actually am refreshed today because um, of sleep. No, he's a great sleeper. It's actually oh. more about um, I I can't I don't think about myself when he is in the house. Mm-hmm full stop. Yeah. Um, I, I do, but, um, but there is a corner of my brain that is always thinking about either what he needs next, what I should have done differently regarding mm-hmm. him, um, what I should be preparing for, um, mm-hmm. for his next week, month, six months. Um, mm-hmm. and whether or not I'm feeding him what, I mean, it just doesn't, the, yeah. the monologue about, he's a year, a year and a half. The inner monologue about him doesn't stop until he's out of the house. Yeah. And even then it's still, I mean, obviously I still think about my son when he yeah, is. 100%. Um, but I, I just completely, um, I fixate on that instead of on my own needs. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of mothers and fathers do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a long answer to say I'm actually in a really good mood today. Great. Well, yeah. thank you for being so honest about all of that. Of you know, I think we can all put on our little rose-colored glasses and be like, oh, yeah, like we have these things optically and this is probably how it seems when we put them into the ether or social media or whatever. Yeah. And then really like reminding ourselves that we're humans and <laughs> that it's it's not a linear situation in any way. No. And you can hold the paradoxes of I am so grateful and I love this and this is hard and also I want this and also I need this and also I'm neglecting this and also I'm giving of this and all of these things, the ands are yeah. are real. They're very, very real. Yes. And they are ands, not mm-hmm. buts. That's been a, yeah. I have an amazing um, acting teacher, acting coach, and she's been uh, highlighting and as, yeah. um, uh, as a very useful phrase. I think we get used to saying but 
And we yeah. don't have to, it doesn't have to be an exception. It can be, it can contain, you can contain everything together. It's okay for paradoxes to exist. You know? Arguably, that's what makes us human. Like, I think yeah. to be able to hold all of that and be and be able to figure out how to navigate holding all of that yeah. and to learn to adapt and to accommodate and to compartmentalize or to open to like expand. I mean, all of that is, I would argue, the growth of being a human. So, that's yes, it. the ands yeah. of all mm -hmm. of it. Um, so, I, I mean, I know you've. I guess because of our grad program, the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. RIP. RIP. That, I, that, I have, we don't even need to go down that. Yeah. Sad That's path. its own podcast. That's literally its own episode that I'm not intending to do today. Yeah. However, you know, I will say that, um, our program has turned out some brilliant, brilliant actors, yourself being one of them. Mm -hmm. And in addition to being an incredible human being and just like stunning and funny, like you shouldn't, you're, you're kind of everything. You are like the yeah. full package of all of it. Um, so I'm like a fangirl of you as just like a, a fellow actor in the ether in addition to like as a human. Um, <laughs> but I also just like want to fangirl over you um, and your many seasons thus far on Upload. Mm -hmm. um, you are so funny and so vulnerable simultaneously and it doesn't feel sticky like i don't know how you managed to just put all of that into the most like you're i'm not to like spoil it for people but like you're wearing some insane stuff in order to make this series work sure. and the situations are absolutely wild yes and the stakes cannot be higher for you in a way that feels so real and yet so insane mm -hmm. um and you are a mastermind at balancing all of it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, your work is epic in that. Um, so just want to like preach that into the ether. Um, Thank you. That's really yeah, nice. yeah. You're so good. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if you don't mind like telling us the journey of how that all came to be, mm -hmm. um, and how it has been for you thus far. I know it's not the only thing you've done, but yeah, I guess, but it's the entree. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, upload. Uh, it's amazing how um, it increasingly becomes a significant part of my life the longer it goes on, which mm. I'm really grateful for. But I auditioned for upload in November of 2017. Wow. Yeah. And it was a self tape out of New York. And um, were you living there at the time? I was living in New York. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I did what I like to call a breakfast tape, which is when you have your your actor buddy who is your favorite self-tape partner and she's only available at 7.30 in the morning. You show mm -hmm. up and you bring um, an oat milk cappuccino and a pastry and you say, thank you, God bless you. Put your cats in the other room, please. Yeah. Let's try and not wake the neighbors. Um, mm -hmm. Full beat at seven thirty is rude, um, but yeah. that was you. You do what you can to get it in on time, and um, and if you know that you do your best work with certain people, then you'd make it happen, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was just a couple little scenes, probably four pages total. Um, and was it slated at the time to be a series regular or just mostly a recur? It was slated to be a series regular for sure, but it was just the pilot that I was auditioning for. So it hadn't been picked mm -hmm. up to series yet. And um, I remember reading, they did send the full script and I read the pilot episode and thought I was laughing out loud and mm -hmm. I thought it was so original and interesting. And as I was reading it, it felt like how people talk. These are all like tick, 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 mm -hmm. some of exactly what I look for in projects that I get most excited about. But at the time, like I talk like that now, but at the time I'm like, we, we audition for everything. There's yeah. no like, do I want to audition for this? No, you, yeah. you say yes to everything, you yeah. know? Um, Had you uh, been in for many series regulars prior to this? I think so. Okay. Uh, not, I wouldn't say many, but, um, but a fair amount. And they mm -hmm. kind of ran the gamut. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did, I did the scenes, had fun with them. They were short, sweet to the point. I got feedback a couple days later 
that the um, creative, the um, executive producer, Greg Daniels, who created the show and is a um, pretty amazing, iconic mm-hmm. television man in his own right. Um, he had some, he had one note. He said, I, okay, now I've seen her, I've seen her comedy take and I want to see it more grounded. And that was all the information. And so I taped again, same thing, breakfast tape, Yeah. same location, same partner, didn't change anything. And then, um, and then I got a call from my entire team, um, a few days later and they said, do you know why we're calling? And I said, I'm hoping I have a call back for this project that I was excited about. And they said, you have the role. They, that's it. You're on a plane in 48 hours for the table read. And I was, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was in a hardware store trying to get a litter box uh, with my mom. And, um, my mom is, um, you know, um, she, she grew up, uh, sort of church lady learned the entire hymnal um because she was bored one summer and can play the organ and um i was on the phone and i told her while i was still on the phone what the news was and she went well fuck allegra well (laughs) i mean i'm sorry but fuck fuck and i to this day i don't think i've ever heard her say those words wow since I'd never heard her say them before, I sat <laughs> on the sidewalk outside the hardware store and cried. And um, Were you holding the litter box or you literally did not procure it? N- no pun intended. I think I ditched that. I probably went yeah. back for it because yeah. I had to figure out your life, my flight. Yeah. <laughs> what was happening? Um, so uh, insane. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, it, because the reason it doesn't happen is because they, uh, you need to chemistry test. Right. And, and apparently Robbie, I learned later, he was the very first person to audition for Nathan. Um, Andy was the very last person to audition for Nora. Mm -hmm. And then, um, he had chemistry read with five or six other Ingrid's. Wow. So they were testing women for, for this role. And, um, I didn't meet with the director. I didn't meet with the casting director. I didn't, I didn't see a single person's face in a square or in a room. And, um, the reason I think that's an important part of the story for me is because I had huge imposter syndrome when I arrived yeah. at the table read. I, I had a panic attack the morning of called my dad at five in the morning, mm. said, I'm too tall. And they don't know how tall I, this is what I was fixating on. They don't know how tall I am. They don't know, they don't know that they don't want me yet, but they're going to find out at the read today. And I'm going to lose this job for myself. And, um, because there's no way, there's no way I could have something this big, um, for no work. I felt like I hadn't earned it. Mm. Um, so yeah. I'll stop there. I'll pause there for now. Yeah. Um, I could keep going, but I um, mean, I'll probably have the, you keep going. That's the intro. <laughs> no, it's it's really kind of incredible. I think so many people, myself included, have, you know, this idea that these things happen in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had a couple of different guests on here to talk about the 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 way in which they've, you know, gotten their quote unquote big break or a booked something that was really epic. And there is not a single story that is the same. Yes. And I think that for me is really important to have on this podcast specifically and just continue sharing is that we can get fixated on something looking a certain way yep. or happening according to a specific agenda or, you know, the way that we've heard that we think it's supposed to happen of, well, these are the this is the order of operations in order for it. To, but there are these anomalies. Yeah. And to be reminded that we really never know and all you can do is show up and do your best work and then trust in some process that is beyond you that it will work out how it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as you hit each of those markers to come back to yourself with all of the imposter syndrome or the doubts or the shame or the fear or the insert word here and remember that that is also part of the journey. Yeah. It's – it's a lot, but also like how freaking cool. 
And I would so imagine, cool. yeah, I would imagine that th it makes a lot of sense to me why you then had, you know, those feelings going in when it's just like, you've done, I would imagine you've done so much more work for things that you never got yes. versus like the thing that you did and it came so quote unquote easily. Yes. Yes. It's, um, uh, yeah, I had a point of comparison. I had tested for, a, um, another pilot for AMC, um, I think earlier that year and, um, and did the whole, like go in the room, go again in the room, be prepped, be in the waiting room with all the other women, chemistry test with the celebrity that they brought in, you know, Wyatt Russell at the time and, and do the, yeah, yeah, this is what I, this is what I've heard about. This is what I expected. This is the maximum nerves gauntlet that everyone has to go through. Um, and, uh, and it, it, it's taken me up to now to realize that trust word that you used earlier is a real big factor. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even though it felt too easy to me to get Ingrid off of two, four minute tapes and nothing else. Yeah. Um, the, the creative that is Greg Daniels, he is really well known for casting um, sort of brilliantly and making really good decisions, um, as a director in the casting, um, piece of the puzzle, you know, mm -hmm. um, if we think about the office, if we think, exactly. if we think about parks and rec, we think about, um, you know, these, uh, these ensembles that he's put together mm -hmm. with mostly folks that have been working hard for a long time, but are not known faces. Yeah. Um, what I've realized now is that he saw me and I'm sure the casting director too, Rachel Tenner saw me and I didn't have to work very hard to have what Ingrid had for free. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a, that's a ACT it phrase, is. the, what do you have for free? And I think yeah. I, I think there was a plenty going on for me for free, um, that I didn't have to work for, yeah. which made it feel too easy. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, um, something that I didn't really think twice about was Ingrid's sincerity mm -hmm. and love. And I think on the page, I wonder, I don't know if other actors maybe focused on her hard edges and if I maybe didn't see her as hard edges, mm. just saw her as, um, soft heart. Yeah. And as a consequence of that, um, the writers have have put her in a soft heart direction. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she was ever intended to go that way, but there's been this um, uh, combining of my what I again what I have for free, how I see her, and how yeah. they're choosing to write her. That um, th that now I'm like, oh. Couldn't have been anybody else's because I. This is mm. where she needed to go, you know. Ugh. But I don't know how it, if that's how it started. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I talk about trust because that was what my dad's um, advice was to me when I was unable to breathe in my hotel room at five thirty in the morning, uh, the day of the table read. <laughs> he said, um, "He said you have to give these professionals more credit. You know, there's a lot of money on the line. You know that they flew you out. Yeah. You know, first class on a nice flight, they're not going to waste their time or their yeah. money. You have to give them some credit. God. You know? Yes. God. And then, um, he started like looking at Greg's resume or, or Rachel Tenner's resume and going like, Allegra, you're acting as if these people don't know what they're doing yeah. and that there's nothing at stake for them. You're right. acting as if you're the only person that there's something at mm. stake for. And I mean, that shut me up really fast. Yeah. And it put um, things into perspective. It yeah. put things into perspective of like, this is a big picture. Yeah. And yeah, you can only focus on yourself in this moment without knowing what the other elements yeah. are until you're in that space and meet all the people and all of the things. But yeah. yeah, to really remember that ultimately this is a massive situation with a yeah. lot of people and frankly, money yes. yeah, at play. Yes. 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 And mm -hmm. nobody wants to get the pilot – 
put through to series more than the people that are making the creative Correct. decisions about casting. Correct. Um, yeah. And I needed to get out of myself and go, all right, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It is not going to serve me to sit here and go, you know, I'm so sorry for being here. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so sorry I got on the plane that you bought. I'm so, I'm sorry that <laughs> I stayed in the W. I, you didn't mean to put, right? You didn't. I'm oh sorry my God. for showing up on time. Yeah. yeah. You know? How did you end up shifting your energy though? Obviously you heard your dad. It, it resonated in a way that, yeah. that meant something to you. But how were you able to walk into that initial read through and own it? <laughs> Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. I don't want to make that assumption. Well, so I so it's so funny. I um I told you I was stuck on the height thing. Yes. That's been anybody that's done the artist way, huh? <laughs> LOL. Um <laughs> I love it. I love it. But also like, whoa, feels like such a cliche. That's why I'm like eye rolling. But yeah. artist way is like what's what's in your hall of monsters, right? And mm. in my hall of monsters is like seventh grade actor Allegra who wanted to be the lead but was only considered for villains and teachers and moms because I was 5'10 when I was 13 years old. Yeah. And um, and so, so the first thing I do whenever I Google um, projects that have their male leads is I Google how tall they are. And I gotta, I gotta stop because it yeah. doesn't matter um, because for lots of reasons, but that was my thing. And, um, and I was staying, like I said, at the W in West Hollywood. And you go, this W looks like it was decorated by Lisa Vanderpump, first of all. <laughs> Crystal chandeliers yes, everywhere. Tough love. sofas, fine. Like, let's just do it. Let's just do Hollywood because this yes. is what the people want. There are black and white portraits all over the lobby of famous actors. Cool. And there was one at the end of my hallway when I walked out that morning to go to the table read, there's a giant black and white portrait of Nicole Kidman. Mm. This is an actor that I've happened to see in person because I was working a catering job. We love. At, yep, mm -hmm. at, the, um, at the Met. And she walked in and was a, a statuesque goddess. And I was mm -hmm. like, she is legit six feet tall. Do I care? No. Is she amazing? Does she look like a movie star? Yes. She's six feet tall. And um, the fact that I saw her portrait at the end of the hallway made me go, far be it from you. Like, what is wrong? Look at her. Yeah. Come on, Nicole. Come with me. Yeah. And um, and I remember debating about whether to wear This is so stupid, but it's so no. real. I remember debating about whether to wear flats or my chunky heels to the table read. Please tell me where the heels. Yes. 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 And that's how that's, I think that's how I, cause wearing heels makes me feel way more confident. makes me yeah. feel more like me and it's completely what Ingrid would wear. Yeah. But I was still like, if I do this, if I do this, they might fire me. <laughs> Unbelievable. So yeah. now fast forward like three seasons, they put me in five inch. Yeah chonkers i mean i am wearing insane heels yeah and then they don't even try to put robbie up on, on a box like they're yeah. just like yeah yeah she's just huge and that like no but that's beautiful but it, right and exactly she's a she's a she's meant to be the thing that walks in the room and people go i'm not i can't ignore her right you know mm -hmm. um and they lean all the way into it so um it, it just became part of it Ugh. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. I think it reminds us that, you know, even the people that we're seeing, say, on our screens on these shows, like we all suffer from yes. or feel things very deeply that um, we have to play mental and emotional and physical mind games on ourselves to overcome. Yeah. Um, we see these things and we forget that these are real human beings who also have feelings yeah. and have to navigate the same varied versions of of stuff yeah sort of every at every level right um i think i think it's really important to be reminded of that so yeah. thank you have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece are you applying to ba bfa or mfa programs and need a monologue for that process 
Are you simply someone who has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles, rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So we meet virtually together, and you share with me who you are as a human, what you love, dislike, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this, don't worry. And then I go off on my own, and I find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I have been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So... If you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo. I cannot wait to find you monologues you absolutely adore. I'm curious to go back to this word perspective with you yeah, and kind of unpack a little bit more what that means in your life right now, like Mm -hmm. having the perspective to see a thing or change your perspective on it, any of that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Capital P perspective. So um, I saw this movie a couple of days ago, a documentary. It's called Tea with the Dames. Okay. And – It's um, Dame Maggie Smith, Dame Judi Dench, Dame Joan Plowright, and Dame Eileen Atkins sitting around a table in a backyard or when it rains inside a cottage in the English countryside talking about their careers. And interspliced with their conversation is all this archival footage of their decades and decades and decades of performance on stage on television, in film. And then there's this great montage where they're all accepting various awards over the years. Um, there's lots of montages, but but what it was, it felt like chicken soup to me to watch because my takeaway from it was that if you're lucky, life is long. Mm-hmm. And careers are long and varied. And um, and I was listening to these women talk about specifically the, um, the fear that they each had in the question of whether or not to play Cleopatra specifically. And they all knew about each other's insecurities surrounding mm-hmm. Cleopatra. And... Maggie Smith says that she escaped to Canada to play it because she was too afraid to do it in England. Mm -hmm. Judy Dench said she got a review that said she was an impetuous dwarf um, version of, uh, of Cleopatra. I don't think Eileen ever did it. I think Joan passed on it, even though she was offered because she thought she was not beautiful enough for it. Mm -hmm. And these are women who have reached the highest level of professional and artistic achievement in their country are internationally recognized. And yet, like we've just been talking about, have this, no, 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 I can't. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't. There's no way I could. I'm too scared. I have to hide from um, the opportunity. I, my, my fear about what this role requires of me or how I see the role is bigger than my desire to try it. Yeah. And, um, that sent, I mean, it still kind of gives me goosebumps Mm -hmm. because, uh, what a relief it is to hear. And also how sad, um, at the same time. And, um, and then simultaneously they talk about, um, you know, things that they don't, um, enjoy people that they've worked with, um, whether or not it was a a joy for them to work with their own husbands who were also actors, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole joke about which one, you know, I mean, (laughs) it was, um, the, the fact that they were just sitting around a table reflecting on 
a life, not just mm-hmm. a career, um, really made me take a big sigh of relief and go, this is just, this is a season. It feels like yes. this season will be every season. It feels like this season is all that matters, matters the most. Yeah. It's just a season. Um, and there's so much more to life and a career than what, where we are right now. And that perspective yeah. was really valuable for me coming out of, I think I watched it at a good time because the strike brought new fears mm-hmm. to head. Um, and uh, and I, I had this thought come up a bunch um, throughout the summer and into the fall that that upload may be the last thing I ever do, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I, I still am battling that, that it, that Ingrid is my, is it, and that I should mm-hmm. enjoy her while I have her. Cause I don't know if I'm going to get to do anything else, which yeah. is a crazy thing to think, but also felt really real to me all yeah. summer and fall and into now. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a long answer. Um, no, it's 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 but, yeah. it's an honest answer. You know, yeah. I th- I think you said a couple things that I really resonate with, which is just like the seasons of our lives, the chapters of our lives, and mm-hmm. that instead of it being this thing that feels somehow like not enough, it's it's actually like the build upon itself, where you need one season in order yeah. to build into the next season. Like that's yeah. literally how the world continues. Is like, I mean, obviously in LA where you are, maybe seasons are relative, but conceptually speaking, yeah. you know, you have different seasons to to move with time to be able to hibernate. If we were talking about it, is like animal. Like there's there's like the cycle of life that goes along with seasons that I think for me at least allows me to breathe a little bit more into like the trust that you had talked about earlier mm-hmm. that it's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen and yeah. in order for that to happen you need all those seasons prior and yeah. to to honor and embrace those seasons to give you what you need to then be able to be propelled forward yeah it's hard when you're in it a hundred percent but that reminder that it really is something that in each of these seasons, you can continue grappling with, well, what, how much does this mean? And how much am I supposed to like take for granted? And how much am I supposed to let go of? And, and that, that balance is really hard. And I guess I don't have a, you know, crystal ball in front of me, um, to tell you what your career will be. But I also do believe that good things happen for good people. If I didn't Mm -hmm. believe that, I don't know why, how, why, or how I can continue living on this planet. And I know Mm -hmm. for a fact that that applies to you and your journey. So I don't know how it's going to happen for yeah. you or when, but I have no doubt that it is and will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. I, I yeah. It's so funny now you're saying the word season so much. I'm just realizing so obvious and silly and simple, but that's how we talk about television in seasons. Yeah. And I think about, you know, what Ingrid has gone through in three seasons <laughs> and in, um, uh, coming on six years, three seasons and six years, like how, how, what she's experienced as a character. Mm-hmm. And then what, what I have learned, um, year to year to year to year to, yeah. to be, um, prepared for the next season of television, yeah. um, with honoring where you are as a human being come yeah. that time. You know, like the seasons of your own personal life that have continued to develop and grow and change that you now have as a foundation to pull from or use or like bring with you as you venture into the next season of that, like the two playing together. Yes. And I mean, one of the best illustrations of that was I shot season three, seven weeks postpartum. And um, we're all you. I don't know. You. You had your boobs out, basically. You had <laughs> well, your stomach showing. You had your body yeah. in full. Yes. Oh, we could talk about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the um, yeah, that was um, that was so fascinating too, because there wasn't. I didn't. I just. I didn't have time to. I mean, you look incredible. Too much. That, you know, Thank you. Like, yeah, I appreciate that, and that was a that was my season three hurdle. If I had imposter syndrome all of season one and then season two, the big thing was COVID. I was Mm -hmm. petrified of 
being the person that would shut down mm. set for not just cast but crew and producers I, and um and then just living safely um yeah. in Canada pre-vaccine feeling really that was the big obstacle in season 2 personally and then the season 3 obstacle personally was new mom new mo- not just new mom but so fresh still yeah. you know maybe TMI but still bleeding mm-hmm. not able to um, jump or scream without totally peeing. Mm-hmm. Um, still in pain in my, um, I had a, a bruise on my tailbone and anytime I sat down, it, it, there's a scene where Ingrid is like slowly laying down on a bed as like Nathan is kind of crawling on top of her. And when I watch it, I have this like, ah, like I went seeing mm-hmm. it. It's so painful to sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, this like, oh, I have an idea about how I think Ingrid should look. And there is no, there is no humanly possible way for me to have delivered this eight pound baby. And then seven weeks later, look like how I think she should look. There's no, there's no way. And to hold that as a standard to myself, um, I had to fire that. Good. Because there there was literally nothing I could do. There really was. I wasn't cleared to exercise until six weeks. Yeah. And, and then I had to get on a plane the next week. And, um, so the, the voice in my head of like, you don't look, you don't, you don't look like Ingrid. You don't feel like Ingrid, but you gotta be Ingrid today. You don't Mm. look like her. You don't feel like her. You gotta be her. Mm. The freeing thought with that was, this season, Ingrid doesn't feel like Ingrid either. Mm. <laughs> no, why that makes me want to cry, but she didn't. She felt cut off from people, cut off from her family. And then she's working for the first time, which for her is totally humiliating. She feels self-conscious about her skin. She doesn't know why she's still fixating on Nathan. She doesn't know if she should. She doesn't feel like Ingrid. She doesn't look like Ingrid and neither did Allegra. And that was actually the perfect preparation for everything that Mm. she needed to go. And how could I have known that? We don't get the scripts until sometimes um, like a few weeks before we shoot them. I didn't know where she was headed. Yeah. And the writers didn't know what I was going to be going through internally, but there's, there's this perfect marriage of ride your insecurity because there is no one more insecure this season than Ingrid. Mm. Um, what a gift. Yeah. Such what a, a gift. gift that you were able to arguably heal through that, oh. I would imagine, and really just like feel what you were feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I would also say that I would imagine no matter what they had written on that page, you would have arrived to that material as yourself because that's all you could have done. Yeah, yeah completely. Know? And, yeah. and, it would have popped off the page, whatever was written coming from wherever you were coming from eight weeks postpartum. I mean, like seven, that's, that's wild. And to recognize that you had gone through something really incredible, all of it. um, And then having to really be present with this new chapter of it. Like, I don't think you could have been anywhere other than where you were. Right. And the gift of, of having that lifted off the page. Yeah, I would imagine that. I mean, it, it's so clear watching season three, how raw and real and rich all of those layers are. Yeah. It's helpful for me as like a friend, as in a human to like know where it comes from and maybe like want to give you a hug. And be like, Sorry, you had to go there. And also like how beautiful you got to use art as a way for you to oh, process yeah. all the things that you were navigating. And yeah. I would imagine with a team and crew and creative that that like was able to honor where you were when you were like this, I can't, or I need to do it this way because physically X, Y, and Z and yeah. that before. Yeah. That, that was interesting. It, the, I mean, my, um, Greg, the directors, the creatives, um, were all really lovely. And, uh, I had a producer that had just had a baby. Greg has four kids. Mm-hmm. My co-star has a son. I mean, there was this like incredible warmth and like, yeah. you look great. You're doing great. You look great. You're doing great. But then there would be these blind spots that would pop up where, you know, I'm, I'm in a fitting and I'm trying, I'm being asked to try on 
you know, um, a lingerie set period is like, do, do I have to? Right. And then, and then a, a thong, it, right. it felt like there was like, are, did we all, did you forget? Do I have to remind, I don't, right. why is this even on the rack in here? You know, um, but it popped up and I, I think there's this like, oh man, no, I don't, don't forget that you do still need to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Even though you feel so supported and you're three seasons in and you know these people and they're friends and they love you and they want what's best for you, they are not you and that. you still need to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, it was really amazing yeah. but there are these little yeah blips of like why why are we yeah why why this choice I how do you do the, the advocating like how do you how do you navigate those spaces where you feel you need to speak up for you i'm still getting but i'm still learning how to do it because yeah. i'm a <laughs> there's lots of memes going around about oldest daughter syndrome. You know, I feel it because I yeah, am one too. Are you? I, I am. I, I know. Can, I can it's, tell. Like, I like recognizes like a hundred percent. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm a uh, boy. I've had that since birth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I uh, so so the like you know the joke with my husband is he says he's like Allegra, no one's gonna die, and not going to jail. No one's. <laughs> No, or he'll like, sometimes he'll tease me if I'm like, should I send this email? You know, he's like, they're going to call the police and they're going to throw you in prison. (laughs) And I'm like, stop. But inside I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go to jail. And I have to tell myself that. And and so, so to answer your question. I love how that's the barometer, by the way. Nothing else. It's like, I'm going to go to jail. As in that's the worst part. I'm going to go to jail. Well, and you know what, like sidebar, what's so funny about that is that you know, season two, um, they're, they're, they were so COVID conscious in Canada that we unknowingly answered the door to let in a grocery delivery man and the, and the concierge at our extended stay place said, I called us and said, I just saw you in the lobby and I should fine you $750,000 or call the police and send you to jail. And so like, we actually did. I was like, it's happening. It's, it's happening. happening. It's happening. Yeah. Oh God. You know? and, it, and, the, and then it was um, I, that, that thing sat on me all season long. Wow. Um, and that was the first day we arrived in Canada. Wow. It wasn't even like, you know, Amazon. That was just like yeah, Canada but that was concierge. Prison. Yeah. Prison was calling. Yeah. It was prison was calling and they were like, yeah. don't you ever. Yeah do that again. Um, exceeded fear that we have. Yes. Now it's been validated. So now I get to say, but sometimes they might, sometimes they might. Exactly. Yeah. That's why Um, I can't send this email. So sorry. Sorry. It'll happen. (laughs) I'm going to go to jail. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, what was I saying anyway? So that's a big part of it is thinking about what is the actual worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. What is the actual worst that could happen? And if, if it's, it usually is someone will be annoyed Mm. or someone might be inconvenienced inconvenienced or a little offended why is that enough to stop me from advocating for you know and usually they wouldn't be offended or uh, most of the time it's not even on a radar and yet I'm treating it as if as if everything will come screeching to a halt and I gotta say like another thing that's really helpful is watching Robbie, my co-star, our number one um, on Upload. He advocates for himself so effortlessly. And I know a lot of that comes with years of being an attractive white man. But there are a lot of attractive white men that don't advocate for themselves in a classy, simple, Mm. straightforward, non-attitude um, way. And he, he goes, um, I'm shirtless on this gurney. Can we turn off the air conditioning right here? Thank you. Simple. Yeah. uh, Clear done. No judgment. No, like whose job is it? None of that. Just Mm -hmm. I'm cold. I'm going to remind you all that I'm shirtless under an air conditioner. Can we turn it off? Done. Yeah. And, um, and that, is freeing to just be around and go, mm-hmm. well, me too. 
And then he also happens to be really good at encouraging me to advocate for myself too. Good. He'll say, um, that's not right, Allegra. You know, mm -hmm. when I'm thinking, no, this must be how it is for everybody. He's like, yeah. no, it's not. And, and boy, what a nice gift that is when you've got someone that knows their position and their privilege and then goes, I, I'm going to use this to mm. help somebody else when I don't have to, you know, yeah. that's really, yeah. really helpful. I, I think it, it's a lovely reminder that we can also like help each other. <laughs> Sometimes, yes! Yes! You know, we don't have to be on an island by ourselves, despite the fact that it often feels like we are. And most yeah. of the time, maybe it is. And also you only know yourself best to really advocate accordingly. But yeah. if you do have people that you trust, that know you, that can support you, that maybe have more pull or respect, whatever that even means in a space to yeah. recognize that there is, there is profound, um, I don't know what the word is, like reciprocity maybe, yeah. being yeah. able to be like, cool, I can advocate on behalf of somebody else and ultimately that will also help me and everybody's winning here by doing so. Yes. The the other thing that I, I'm realizing too um, that helps with this, that helps me advocate for myself is I am that person that you just described to my sister mm. who – my, my sister is an actress. She also went to ACT. Yes, she was did. in the last MFA class of <laughs> ACT. She is in that post-graduation phase of like what I was saying at the beginning, you say yes to everything. You, there, there is <laughs> the, the scarcity mentality is strong and you're just beggars can't be choosers. And we're not in a position to be like, I don't respond to the material, you know, mm -hmm that much. Now there are exceptions. And I've been talking to her about, hmm, even if it feels like you can't say no, yeah. you can. Mm -hmm. And she's doing her first projects and she's walking on set and she's calling me feeling very insecure about a piece of wardrobe. Or she's saying, is it normal for them not to provide undergarments mm. for things that need special undergarments? And I'm saying, um, keep your receipts, request reimbursement, CC your manager. I'm, I'm, I'm learning through her that I've learned, mm. um, because I'm being forced to look back at where I was eight, nine, 10 years ago and, go, oh yeah, I would have done the same thing. I would have assumed the same thing. And I've grown and I now know you don't, there are rights. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we giggle about it, but it's, but it's yay rights, but like, but it's a real thing to be reminded of. We have a union for a reason. We have contracts for a reason. We have representatives for a reason. We have, um, you know, we have intimacy coordinators for a reason. We have, I mean, so many things fall into this category and gosh, what a gift it is when she, just this week, she was like, I got these sides and I, I don't. I don't like this material. I don't want, I'm not comfortable saying mm -hmm. these words. How do I say that I, can I say no to an audition? Yeah. And I'm going, oh my gosh, of course you can. Let's talk about why Yeah. and how. And every time I do that with her, I'm reinforcing for myself, yes, you can. This yeah. is why, and this is how. Remember, Allegra, you have to take your medicine if you're going to dish it out. Yeah. You have to take your own advice if you're going to be preaching it. Exactly. You know. Oh gosh, that's there's nothing more. I'm sure when you're teaching, yeah, you're like humbled when 100%. you put something out that you haven't been practicing. Hundred percent. I mean, it's the best form of keeping me on top of my acting game. I know that for sure. Um, I know that it allows me to stay on top of the things that I know for myself. Because yeah, how do I practice what I'm preaching if I'm not actually practicing? Like, how am I going to say these things if it's not something that I'm implementing myself? And also to be able to articulate something is very different than knowing it in your brain. Yeah. Yes. Say it out loud to somebody That's in a way that is resonant, in a way that is relatable, in a way that is um, able to be received and then doesn't feel belittling. It doesn't – like just to be able to say it yes. and really put that into words – one has to be very specific about the verbiage. Um, yeah. And I find for, for sure when I'm teaching, like if I don't say a thing in the right way, I could hurt somebody. But yeah, yeah. It, makes, it forces you to have to really be specific. Right. And I think it's a good um, 
I mean, there are some people that don't think about the application part yeah. of it, that, that there may be some folks that are asked to give advice that are not even aware of how to say it in a way like you just did. Um, and that that's the difference between a really good basketball player and a really good basketball coach, right? really gifted chef versus a really gifted chef teacher. <laughs> <laughs> did you regret that one the second it came out of your mouth? Yeah, I was like, why did I pick where did I I put this one? That's, that. what's, what's, who's a teacher of chefs? A chef teacher. <laughs> I think anyway. it was a chef teacher. I mean, somebody, somebody come on here and tell us otherwise. A driver of buses. A teacher of drivers of buses. <laughs> Um, Also known as a bus driver, but I I hear you. Bus driver instructor. Anyway, so I think that that is also its own skill set. There are some folks that are really good at what they do, but they may not know why. Or if they know why, they may not be able to articulate why. And they're all in their own quadrants of talent and intelligence. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, my mom talks a lot about conscious competence and that the goal is to just move from from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence to conscious competence. I always have to say it really slowly. Um, But what you're describing is that you you are aware of what you want to get right because you know how it needs to be said in order for it to be received. Correct. And that is so good. Yeah. But I imagine you do that too um, with Evangeline. Like there's no way that you don't. Yeah. I, I can tell when I haven't done it yet. Okay. You know, like I, I can, I'm, oh, I don't know if that did that. Oh. And then, um, and then, yeah, it, it's. But then even in that moment, there's something about you then learning what it was that, you know, and so it's not like it's for naught, you know, you've learned and also you have a relationship that is based solely on love and positive intent Mm -hmm. that I would imagine you can have a conversation being like, ah, let me me do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can be messy in figuring it out. Exactly. Exactly. And And really embrace that. Figuring it out together. It's actually, we, we need each other to learn, you know. Sometimes it's when you when you ask your best friends to help you craft a text message. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah. what do you think of this? Oh, I would too. take out yeah. that emoji and make that an exclamation point. I don't know, you know, like yeah. we need help. We need help. One hundred percent. So yeah, but she's been she's been such a gift. Also, she's she's going to go through things that I haven't experienced yet, and I'm going to learn from her. Yeah, um, because she's actually in. Uh, a different landscape than I was when I was auditioning right out of grad school. She's in a post-COVID entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and now a post-strike post-COVID entertainment industry, but she's new and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not a new girl anymore. I can't say that I am. Yeah. Um, So anyway, we're, we're, we're learning from each other for sure. And that is. I love your sisterhood. It, it really rivals many so <laughs> i'm not gonna say i'm jealous of it but i i am i'm you know I am. <laughs> well we have a we have an edge because like i said we're all we're, we're like nine years apart yeah and and that that is a um it's a godsend sometimes because i think the deep love that sisters have when they're closer in age they, it, i i don't know how you can avoid some of the combative, uh, like the fireworks that come out of that, you know, um, very real. Yeah. I, I cling to the memories of her in diapers because it means I, I'm always thinking of her in some way as like junior mom and not just like competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we wind down our time, is there Mm -hmm. anything else that is on your heart, mind, spirit that we did not talk about? Um, I, you know, I know that you're um, a podcast that wants to offer resources mm-hmm. and I, I want to, um, I know I already mentioned Tea with the Dames, mm-hmm. but another podcast that's sometimes useful, depends on the guest, but that I've, I've enjoyed um, 
is one called Back to One. Yeah. Have you heard of this? No. It's it's a podcast where interviews are done with actors specifically about process. And he always asks the same first question, which is when you get a script, when you have a new role, how do you begin? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the process for actors is such a mystery yeah. that there's this like, well, I have training, I've been trained and now it's all behind the curtain. Don't ask me, it's personal. Don't <laughs> ask me, it's private. And I'm going, yeah, but what, what do, what, but what do you actually do? Like, what do you, <laughs> you know? And I, yeah. I don't yeah. know why it feels so ugh, precious and private. And some actors don't understand the question. Like they get all esoteric with it. But my favorite mm-hmm. actors are the ones that go, the first thing I do is I read it all the way through without writing anything down. And then I read it again and I highlight my lines. And then I read it again and I take notes on this. And then I read it and mm-hmm. they get very granular mm-hmm. and very specific and break it way down and actually answer questions about process. Great. And Gosh, it's like manna for me Good. because because I offer that as a resource because sometimes I forget and neglect my own process. Yeah. I start thinking about auditions as chores mm-hmm. instead of as opportunities and gifts and true ways to get another job. Yeah. And I neglect my own process, which is valuable and has yeah. a purpose and a place and and I want to have more ownership over my own process. Good. So listening to other people take ownership of their own, however they feel about it. Like I heard Tom Holland talking about how he doesn't memorize lines until the morning of. And I was like, how? <laughs> how? But he says it keeps him really fresh and it means that he doesn't have choices ingrained in him and mm-hmm. it keeps him more flexible for a director. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. Couldn't do it. So what does that say about me? What does that Nothing. mean? It just says you're different. Yes, but, I'm different. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so if that means that that's, if that's my response to that, then that must mean that my process is get off the page as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And then what, you know? Yeah. And, and I think having ownership, specific ownership over your own process is a really valuable thing as an artist. So I love that. Thank you. I offer. Yeah. No, I love that. That definitely sounds uh, totally worth checking out. Yeah. Um, for anybody who wants to watch your brilliance, reach out to you to hire you, work with you, follow you, all those things. What within your boundaries uh, is the best way for people to find you? So season three of Upload is now streaming on Prime Video. Also seasons one and two. Uh, season three is the freshest and newest, but one and two are there too. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Allegra underscore Edwards. That's probably my most frequently used app um, for um, inquiries. I love it when people that for inquiries um, go to my IMDb page, and I've got all my folks on the left hand side of my pro page. But I don't know how they show up on the norm. Anyway, um, agent manager contact info is all there that are people that can uh, ask me questions. Love it. I am so grateful to you. I. I just really feel like you're so real and cool and talented and pretty and funny <laughs> and it's dumb. And I I just – it bothers me how, you know, it's always like the grass is greener, but I really – like I feel like nothing's wrong with you and it really makes my insecurities fly. But anyway, you're just a dream. Um, and I can say all those say, same things about you, Jennifer. I can. Thank you. I can. Thank you. You're (laughs) brilliant and generous and beautiful, and you have such a wonderful voice. Oh, thank you. Um, This wasn't meant to be like you needing to compliment me. It was just me trying to like, you know. No, no, I know that, and I'm doing it anyway. I'm advocating for myself in this moment and telling you that I need to compliment you. Good. (laughs) I'll take it. Um, Thank you for going on this journey. Thank you for being so present. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable and honest and I just, I know for a fact that you are going to work again and that Ingrid is not your last hurrah in any way, shape, or form. And I cannot wait to continue like screaming with bells on my wrists and shaking around and and waving my arms 
profusely wow. for whatever it is that you do continue doing. So is this what happens when you watch TV? You have bells on your wrist? hundred percent. Just picture me sitting on the couch and with like a big straw and a drink and just <laughs> waving my arms. Forward. It's just, my dog is just like, why is she okay? Oh, you your know? sweet dog. Oh man. Oh, I, I know. They love it. It's TV I know. time. I know. Um, thank you. Thank you. This was such a joy. I'm I'm so grateful, and I'm I could have talked for longer. Um, Trying to be respectful of your time. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I pre- I'm I'm probably gonna do laundry and uh, you know clean the floors. <sighs> we all need to do that some days. Yeah. Anyway, have a to, wonderful to more. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective, more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next week. Until then.